I wish I could tell you I had this like, you know, line by line business plan. I didn't really, I didn't really have, I, I had, listen, I did have a business plan, right? I probably Googled something at the time. I had this little like, template. what's that? Little template. Yeah, I had all that. I'm like, all right, this is how it's gonna go, right? Yeah. And then for anyone who's been in business, like throw that, throw that right in the fire. Like you still gotta have it. Yeah, I used, it's still an exercise to go through. I think it's valuable, but like, you don't know until you jump into the arena and you get your teeth kicked in and you're like, oh, this is this is how business works. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not gonna be 100% in, I'm not gonna do it. Come on, man, just be yourself. Yeah, and, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Joe, welcome to the pit, dude. Yeah, man, this is awesome to be here in person. Cheers. Cheers. Don't get up. Yes. Thanks for coming. Yeah. I know I, I really like to do a little homework when I get the show started. And this show has really been about what myself, Evan, Maddie, and everybody who helps us, it's a team approach, has been about trying to incentivize, inspire, motivate other young business owners. And now this has gone national, which is so cool for all of us to to see because we're just a bunch of guys throwing together an idea. Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, and as you and I spoke a few months ago now and we talked about what you were doing, I'm like, wow, this is a perfect guy. He gets it. Not only does he understand what we're doing, he doesn't necessarily have a podcast, but he's going to these other small business owners who lack in this area of social media and training their teams. And he really understands this. You're also a local guy. You and your wife, Alyssa, and your two beautiful children are right here from South Wall, so not far from Point Pleasant, uh, small business owner uh, working in this space. So you are the guy that we envision having on, and I appreciate you spending your time away for your children tonight. Um, and coming on with us, so cheers. Yeah, cheers, honored to be here. I've, I've watched several episodes now on YouTube and uh, it's a really cool, amazing idea you have. You're executing it consistently. That's the most important it's, part. It is, right? Yeah. And, and that's, everybody has said that to us and that was a big thing and I always like to give Evan credit. I'm the guy that's here on, on the, the tape running my mouth and, and yeah. talking trash and having fun. But we said from the get-go, if we're gonna do this, we need to commit every week. We gotta show up every week with the same tenacity, with just as good of editing and, and spending the time that we're spending on this mm -hmm. and understand the long game of helping so many people and then reaping the rewards later. Yeah, that's something that I don't think most people understand is like you gotta be comfortable doing the work and not seeing the results of that for, for a while. Yeah. And just trusting that process. How long do you think that is for the people that are, are have trepidation getting into social media? I mean, the thing is like most people that consume content are we're not jumping in quick because I, I know they're, your brain we're not gonna with. engage with it, right? Like therapy I have a podcast, we have eighty six episodes doing it consistently for a couple of years and there's people that I've never heard of we'll get on the phone with we'll meet at an event they're like oh yeah I love your podcast listen to every episode that sort of thing like and so like you never know who's watching who's listening because most people are not going to like comment share subscribe DM time out what's the name of the podcast nailed it the business of construction nailed it business of construction for those of you who don't like and share <laughs> nailed it or Fireside, or any podcast you are getting the smallest bit of value from, like, share it. Help it out. Andy says it all the time mm -hmm. on his show. You know, the, the only fee. fee I ask for is that you share it. And that happens to us all the time. Like, oh, you're in Fireside. The other day we were at Rod's and, you know, some managers came over. Are you the guy who has Fireside? And I'm thinking, like, I've never seen this lady. He's never engaged yep. anything. And I'm like, man, I wish that these people would engage and share because that's how this stuff grows. Mm -hmm. And it costs us money and time. Yeah, I, I get it, and yes, I double down on that message, but that's just human nature, right? Yeah. So like, think about how many pieces of content you've seen today, today, Thursday, like a thousand yeah. maybe? Yeah, it's a lot. And then how many you've engaged with? Maybe one or 2% of those? Yeah. And that's just how we all operate. So mm -hmm. you just have to trust, trust the process, because you might not be seeing those those likes or those dollar signs right away, but like, if you're if you're sticking to your, if you're committed to that that quality, like you talked about, like every single week, then it's gonna it's gonna pay off, you know. So I I, I want to backtrack a little bit and, yeah. and talk about your story. We're, we're jumping right into it, and there's a lot of value to to be had here watching this. 
So local guy, you go to CBA, end up at BC. Are you a, are you a Pats fan? I am not. I'm a Tom Brady fan, but I'm, right, a, Giant, like Tom I'm Brady a Giants too. fan. All right, that's also my dad has had season tickets since they uh, for forever. So that's in my blood. So CBA, BC. What are, what are what are some great things that you have to say about um, CBA or negative? You know, I, I like, obviously I've met a lot of people that have gone to CBA. Speak super highly of that. I, the whole school thing is a is a weird thing right now for me. It's like, where are my kids going to go when they're in high school? Yeah. Talk about CBA a little bit quickly. I, I absolutely loved it. Like, 10 out of 10. My son's, our son's 10. I want him, encouraging him to go there, you know. Um, he's good. Why? He went, he went to the baseball camp last week. Uh, values, I mean, not that other schools, public schools don't have that. I went to Wall my freshman year, and then I transferred in CBA, so I got... Kind Public of taste, schools don't have value. Let's, kind be, of taste let's be real. <laughs> uh, the values, like they treated you like a, you know, like kind of like an adult. Um, they didn't treat you like a little kid. You know, they kind of gave you some freedom um, to, you know, to, to screw up or to succeed, whatever. Um, to the camaraderie, the I always played sports growing up, and just the camaraderie of like a bunch of dudes. Like, I love that. Yeah, um, yeah it was. It was just. Uh, it was competitive. Uh, it, 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 it helped me to become a better student. I worked harder. Better um, teammate. What's that? Better teammate. Teammate, yeah. I mean, that work ethic that, that I developed, you know, probably before CBA, but uh, definitely during CBA has, you know, continued to today. So, And what sports was, like, your main thing? Basketball. Basketball. Yeah. A lot of basketball guys. Yeah? Uh, yeah, recently it's been basketball, basketball, yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to play one on one one day. Don't don't. Dude, don't I, have, I haven't played in like whew, a while. Don't let a the while. big guy fool you. You know, <laughs> I got some moves. I got some shimmies. All right, all right. So you you go off to BC. What did you go to college for? I went to college because oh, I went because it was the thing to do after college. But I went to college. I, I was in a business school. I got a finance. I majored in. Uh, well, they didn't have majors actually. They had concentrations in uh, finance and information systems. So that sounds complex. I thought that sounded pretty smart. So yeah. I was like, yeah, give that a shot. <laughs> I went to school in 1999, 2000. So like information systems, that was like the dot-com boom. Yeah. I was like, well, I got to I gotta learn that. So, the internet. Yeah. I mean, obviously that stuff's kind of outdated now, but but yeah. And business. then you, did you stay up there any extended period of time after school or did you come right back? I did not. I came home during the summers to work and hang out, you know, at the shore where we are. Um, How could you not? Can't pass that up, you know. And then, yeah, after college, I moved back. Uh, I moved to Hoboken, you know, did my, my post-grad in Hoboken for four years. So I never stayed up in Boston. Um, I know I think Chris was on the, on the show earlier. Yeah. He was talking about how uh, you stay up there for a few years. I didn't do that. Um, I love it. It's an awesome city. Now, did you come, and we spoke briefly before the show, about your family's business, which they're in the marine trade, correct? Yep. And they're based out of Edison in Brooklyn. Yep. Were you working with them during the summers, or were you doing you know, odds and ends, landscaping, bartending? No, it was all that. Um, I started when I was 14. My first job was, so the guy that runs the shipyard in Brooklyn, his name's Jay Kelly, lives around here, lives in Brick. Shout out to Jay Kelly. Shout out. Um, picked me up in his pickup truck, drive up there. We'd work seven to three. So he'd pick me up at like 5.15 in the morning. I was 14. I'm up there doing blue collar work in a shipyard. Brick guys, brick guys are good. Yeah, yeah, solid. He's been running that. He's been run, He's been doing that commuting to Red Hook for thirty years, maybe. It's tough. Solid dude. I yeah. uh, love him. Um, so did that for summers all throughout high school, and was the reason I did that. I mean, it was cool. It's family business. You know, got got paid, but I was always doing like basketball camp. So it'd be like I could work. You know, work for three weeks, take a week off, go to basketball camp. You know, that it was flexible in that way. Now, do you play in the summer summer jam league? No, I, I never. Those guys. So, I, I, during college, I started playing rugby, and then I played for a bunch of years. Played rugby after college, so that was kind of my adult, young yeah. adult sport, I guess. So, I never played basketball beyond you know CBA. Yeah. Um, yeah, these guys all play in this summer jam. Dude, that's competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he told me I'd sit the bench. He, again, he doesn't know my moves. He, uh, <laughs> Dave doesn't know yeah, my they moves. They got some serious players, like some serious talent in those leagues. Shout um, out to Atlantic PT. Actually rocking their hat tonight. Yeah. Trying to hide my eye. My wife punched me in the face. She was mad. <laughs> so you move on from college. You're working in the family business. At what age did you say, hey, this is awesome. My family 
generationally before me has created an awesome business, but this isn't what I want to do. I want to go carve my own path and do the entrepreneurial route. How old were you when you did that? Uh, I was about 30, 31. And how old are you now? 41. 41, so 10 years ago. Yeah, it was. Actually, yesterday, July 20th, 10 years ago, was my last day at that at the family biz. No shit. So July 20th kind of always sticks in my mind as that you know, inflection point. So I want to talk about that a little bit. I know there's a lot of people that I've spoke to over the years prior to doing any of this or, you know, just in my, you know, nine to five job that were like, you know, I have this great business in front of me. It's an awesome opportunity. And I feel like they dive right in, but they don't really love it because it's a family business and it's an automatic income of six figures or multiple six figures, right? Talk about the mindset that you had leaving that and some of the struggles you had, the push and pull with that business being there and the security that you had. Yeah, I mean, I was sixth generation family member. So like the business started in 1894, uh, you know, run well, very good tradition, very well run business. My dad and my two uncles are the owners. I got to work with them, my cousins. It was an amazing opportunity. Uh, it's just kind of at this point in my life where I was around 30, we we're starting to have, you know, we're, uh, I think my wife is pregnant with our son Hunter. And I was just kind of evaluating, you know, life, right? It's like, all right, well, I've learned a lot. This is awesome. I can continue to do this for the next 35 years and retire and have a good life and comfortable and job security which are all amazing things. You know, I don't want to sound like a brat and say like, oh, that's not good enough, you know? I just had that entrepreneurial bug to say, I want to go see what I can do. You got one life to live, right? Um, I just want to go see what I can do and create something of my own and uh, carve my own path. Like, that was it. I, I just think you're that. opposite of a brat. What's that? I think you're opposite of a brat. Yeah. Uh, and not the people that take over their family businesses all are, but a lot of people step into roles that they don't deserve um, and I never want to come from a negative position right. and say, you know, I'm a hater or, or look or feel that way. But a lot of people step into positions they don't deserve. Yeah. So to think the opposite way of, hey, I'm not going to go take this easier route. Not that mm -hmm. it was easy to anybody or any of your family members right. who have taken it over. But it's it's an easier route than being an entrepreneur. That is for sure. <sighs> yeah. That yeah. is for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, for sure. So what made you jump into this line of work, which has kind of evolved over time, but what were you doing at that time when you first jumped out of the family business into Man, entrepreneurship? I, I, I wish I could tell you I had this like, you know, line by line business plan. I didn't really, I didn't really have, I, I had, listen, I did have a business plan, right? I probably Googled something at the time. I had this little like, template. Thing. what's that? Little template. Yeah, I had all that. I'm like, all right, this is how it's gonna go, right? Yep. And then for anyone who's been in business, like throw that, throw that right in the fire. Like you still gotta have it. Yeah, I used, it's still an exercise to go through. I think it's valuable, but like, you don't know until you jump into the arena and you get your teeth kicked in and you're like, oh, this is, this is how business works, okay. Yep. So it was a big learning curve. So I didn't really have too much of a plan. I knew I was interested in marketing, had the construction background. For the first six months, I was, I mean, fortunately my wife was working full time in the financial industry at the time um, at a hedge fund out in Princeton. So like had a little bit of security there. So I was trying to figure out like- Shout what, out to your wife. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> takes a team, takes a village. So Totally takes a team. I mean, I was like doing websites and marketing for local businesses, you know, like any restaurants, like in the chambers of commerce and things like that. So I was doing that. And then that was like July through December, 2012. And then January, 2013. Now, were you doing social media back then or it was different marketing? It was more just like websites, um, SEO, that was more so a lot of ads, a lot of Google stuff. Not so much. I never got into that because that's pretty complex. Like that's a higher barrier to entry. I knew I didn't have that level of expertise yet. So I started off with like basic websites and mm -hmm. things like that, that I could, you know, I figured out how to do a WordPress site and what drove you to that. What was the pull? Reading, reading a lot of books at the time. Uh, one of the books was Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. Yeah. You Just, like that book? Do I like it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. Okay. How the hell's a four-hour right, well, week? The title is misleading. Yeah. Okay. So he did Google ad, ads to test the title and see which what would be like the most uh, attractive title. Mm -hmm. I don't think the goal, and that's not my goal, is yeah. a four-hour work week. But it's like 
build your life so that if you needed to or you wanted to, you, you had the flexibility. You, you could do that. You had the flexibility. Yeah. So that was that was a big thing for me. I was like, I want. I love to travel. I want location independence. I want you know upward earning potential. I want to make as much money as I want. He's uh, big on that Indian guy. Who's that Indian guy? Yeah, Naval. That was Naval that was Ra- a, Ravikant. Yeah, that was a great book that they wrote for him. Or he, what was the title that he actually did on that book? Forget his role, but it was really yeah a good book. Have you ever read it? No, I listened to his. Um, I guess he has a podcast. It's freaking. It's yeah. deep. It's it's good. Yeah, he's like known for like his Twitter storm that he like went off of like how oh, you yeah. could actually live a fulfilling, happy life and be successful. Okay, yeah, it. yeah. So that, uh, yeah, like through Tim, like got like bloggers. I had my own blog and I just kind of got into marketing. And Were you always a writer? No, no. Um, so like, so for the guy that's sitting here and he's small, you know, business owner, small town guy. Yeah. You know, what, what makes him think that I should start blogging? <sighs> everyone's got, everyone's got a voice, you know, and it's like something that you're not going to be good at when you start. But you get you get better at it. You learn how to uh, put your put your thoughts into into words, and uh, you know uh, get you know get into your audience's head and, and help them solve problems, whatever that is. So let me ask you this: I think so, people I think people don't get started because they, they know they're not going to be good at first. But that's just with anything, you know. Yeah, you got to take action. Yeah. When we started this podcast. You know, you look at our first episode to now. It's right. Yeah. Drastically better and different. All those blog posts and writings you were doing, how much of that work or relationships that came from that paid you now, uh, years dude. later? All right, so two things, two points on that. So number one, I, I started doing it on our on our website, Contractor Dynamics, and writing blogs about marketing for contractors. And we built a national business based based upon that like clients all over the place just finding us finding educational content on linkedin and medium and sites like that so yeah i mean that that was the seed for for this business that that i run today another part of that is we had a one of my my second client ever this guy named nick uh actually met in point pleasant 2013 um he has introduced me to dozens of clients He's still a client. He's down in Dallas. Uh, he lives down in Dallas with his family now. What does he do? Uh, he owns a roofing. Uh, owns a roofing company, custom home building company, and a pool building company. Um, he's killing it. He's awesome. So he was my second client ever that I met at uh, at Vive Gym over here, mm-hmm. and uh, back in 2013. And just we had a relationship. We still have a great relationship. And I mean, he's. He's introduced me to so many people that have been, you know, it's you, crazy. You just never know. And there's a lot of people that are still hesitant. And there's a lot of industries that have regulation or compliance and things that hold them back. But social media, blog posts, YouTubing, podcasts, whatever you can do. You may start out with 10 people who view it. And then it moves to 15, moves to 18, moves to 20, moves to 200, moves to 2,000. Yeah. Um, you know, Evan and I started, it was mainly organic uh, reach. You know, so the person that came on, you know, 150 people watched it. That was probably their friends and family and some other local people that knew of their business. To some of our YouTube v- views now, under a year still, is 8,000, 10,000 on YouTube alone. Another four or 5,000 on Instagram clips. X amount on Facebook downloads. Yeah. Um, you know, this is only one year in. Think about the compounding factor that yes. you have. Everything takes time, right? So if you start a small little marine business, your family's business didn't start with doing the revenues that they do today. It was starting with, you know, zero. You know, right. and then the first case was a hundred. Then it was two hundred. Then it was two thousand. Same thing in the social media space for small business owners, 100%. which obviously you're. You know, teaching a lot of business owners to do. Um, I'm jumping around. That's what happens. No, no, I get it. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to be like I said before. Like, you got to be, you got to be comfortable trusting the process. Things don't happen overnight. As much as Instagram wa- makes us want to believe that, you know. Yeah, yeah. You see all these fancy cars and jets, and a lot yeah. of that is all you know, facade. Easy come, easy go. So as your business progressed, you get out of the WordPress world and 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 doing websites. 
What did it involve into today? And and again, the name of your business? Contractor Dynamics. Contractor Dynamics. It's a mouthful, yeah. Yeah. We're a marketing training company, so most people are familiar with like a marketing agency where they're building websites and running ads and doing SEO and everyone who owns a business has probably wasted a ton of money on those things yeah, uh, on. In, the, in the past, yep. Overpromise, way under delivered. Oh yeah, it, it's insane, it's insane. So we are, uh, we're a training company. We train contracting companies on how to do their own marketing. How to, number one, identify what it is they want, their ideal clients or ideal projects, how to create content, how to run at social media ads, how to build like a lead handling and follow up a nurture system so that you know, someone that inquires today might not be ready for- Thank them for later. Cost, you know, a kitchen remodel today, they might be ready in a year, but how, do you, how are you staying in front of that person and keeping them in your ecosystem? So mm -hmm. we're helping our clients. Our purpose is to equip people and companies with the tools to transform and grow. So we wanna give them the tools that they can use to build out marketing system, marketing machine. Now, what about the person that says, well, you know, you're, you're potentially training that client to leave you? They don't need you anymore. What would you say to them? Potentially, I mean, there's so much, and that happens, yeah. I mean, we don't keep every client forever, but uh, there's always there are always things that are changing, right? So a typical client for us is a someone that's a marketing manager at a construction company, right? So he or she is working in that construction company. The owner is not necessarily involved in training him or her. So we're effectively their, their training team on an ongoing basis. And things are always changing, things are always evolving. There's always plenty to do marketing wise. Yeah, so, a lot of change in the social media game every, yeah, every and, week. And part of our value prop to our clients is like, hey, you're spending money, you're spending X amount a month, we're gonna help you understand exactly what you're getting from those dollars and making sure that the right resources are always going into the right activities, right? So you're not spending 10 grand on Google ads and not knowing what it's getting for, for, uh, for you. You know exactly what's going on so that way you can double down or you can stop work, stop doing it if it's not working or whatever. You're giving them metrics to go back and look at Absolutely, every month. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and they're working for a construction company that is not equipped to give them that training, right? And typically the owner of a construction company doesn't have that mindset. They're a builder no. or they're you know good at what they do in their right. respective fields. They're not marketing minds. Or they, they, they're not, but they understand the importance of it. Yep. And they're saying, okay, well, I have this person, I want this person to be trained. And that's like that's like our you know perfect client. And what's some local companies that you are working with? If, if you're funny. allowed to shout that out. Yeah, I knew you were going to ask about that. I was thinking about that. We've got a handful of clients in North Jersey, a handful in South Jersey. I mean, we have clients in 40 states, so we're all over the place. Um, the that's most awesome. local one, I got to give these guys a shout out. They're crushing it. Braga Brothers. They're based in Homedale. Three uh, young Brazilian brothers, second generation Americans. Um, really coming in with like the social media, the reels, the drone shots, like really high quality content. And, uh, and just, you know, they're doing really well. And you're just training them to run ads on social media, yeah. when to post. Uh, yeah, so they've got like their organic content calendar, which is like, you know, they're posting five days a week, call it. They're very, one of the brothers, Tiago, is, a, is the video guy. So he's like doing some really good content. So like that stuff, and then running targeted social media ads for roofing, contracting. They now are you teaching them to run those ads yeah, properly? Yep. Like they, they came to us and they had no idea. So like we're hands-on training them on how to do that. Yeah. That's really a unique approach. Yeah. Well, you know why it works is because they have, they're getting the content, right? They're getting the video content. They wanna get it in front of more people and they wanna understand how it works, so. Well, they have a product to sell now. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, I think, jump in and they're like doing some cool videos and, you know, they got some great TikTok videos and they may go viral or they have, you know, 100,000 plays or a million views, but you have nothing to sell. You know, a company like that, they're selling roofing, yeah. siding, whatever it is they do. But a lot of companies like that, like if they weren't running ads, like yes, the organic free stuff does work. It's a slow build, as you know, but they might reach a couple thousand people. Mm -hmm. Now they can take that ad and they can say, hey, I wanna target Colts Neck. I wanna target Belmar, I wanna target Fairhaven. Um, so they can reach tens of thousands of people with that, with that video that they spent time and energy on. 
How so. often are the are, are the algorithms changing in inside Facebook? Ed? Probably weekly, I guess, like my, minute things, but like uh, on a macro level, you know, maybe quarterly. Um, and you have people on your team that are just constantly in that. Carson uh, is our, our guy on our team who's like the, you know, analytical guy who's going to be on top of all those changes. So, And then you're relaying that to your customer. Yeah, or he is. He's training them yeah. uh, directly. So I'm not even aware of all the changes that are going on. Um, so, But they're always testing new things, right? You'll see, you know, we're posting every day. We're running ads constantly. So you get a good sample size of like, okay, well, this isn't working the way it was last week they must be changing the algorithm or testing something out or whatnot. So. What's your total ad spend for all your your clients? Are you taking over no. their ad spend or they're, they're doing, they have their it's own under accounts? under their ad account, their ad spend. We'll advise them on like where to start, how to scale it. Cause that's a big thing when, when a contracting company hires a marketing company, like I, what's your budget? 10 grand for ads a month. Like we'll spend 10 grand and we'll see what we get, right? With us, our approach, it's like, let's start small and target some ads toward Point Pleasant, we'll get that working, and then we can kind of expand from there. But so you're we'll, doing all on their dashboard? All on, yeah, all on theirs, yeah. What is the, what is the real point to that? Uh, they, they're building out their brand. Uh, they're, they have that data inside, so if they leave us, uh, then they have, they have that, right? A big pain point for any small, any local business, or any business, really, you hire a marketing company, they run their ad, your ads under their account, you guys separate and you're left with nothing. nothing. Yeah, you don't so even know how to like, redo it, this. It's like renting a house, right? You stop paying rent on that house, you have no place to live. If you are building everything under your own house, like you're building equity into your business. So, so for the guy who, who lives in the, you know, the, let's just say someone like myself who likes to challenge people and I'm gonna say, hey, you know, what is the benefit to you? Why do you wanna do it that way? And again, of course you want to help your customers win. That's a valid point, and it's totally legit. How does it help you as a business owner? Sorry, I didn't How does understand. it help you not to, not to control those ads? Um, so if you're a marketing agency saying, like, I want, to, I want to control your ads, the marketing agency is going to say, well, we have our dashboard, we have our proprietary this, that, you know, other thing, so it's just going to be easier for you to plug in, and part of their pitch is probably going to be, hey, we're going to start generating leads for you, like, in two days, right? Whereas if we're going to jump into your ad account and do it, it's going to take a month. And so that business owner yeah, is that's also a lie. Yeah, that business owner is going to be like, oh, well, yeah, I want two days is better than a month. So yeah, yeah. we'll just do it your it way. It all takes time. Yeah. No matter where it's right. coming from. So it's, you know, it's what's best for the marketing agency, not what's best for the client. Um, and we do what's best for the client, not for us. You know, you, you talk about you know, running social media ads, doing these things for small business owners. What's something simple? You know, I like to give nuggets on the show. What's something simple a small business owner can do tomorrow without hiring Joe and his team that would immediately impact their business in a positive way? Uh, this. I mean, it doesn't need to be a podcast, but I just swallowed some smoke. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the wind gets you. everyone's got like this little marketing machine in their pocket right now, right? You might be watching it, this thing on your marketing machine. Like, get on video, right? It doesn't have to be you as a business owner, but someone in your company is probably comfortable getting on video. And that's just gonna, like, we're all in the business of trust, right? I have a service-based business, you have a service business. We're all in the business of building trust. So like, that's the fastest way, the most effective way to build trust is to get on video and, you know, share your story, talk about your projects, talk about your products, talk about your, the come up story, talk about, you know, it doesn't have to be talking about yourself, but just share education, answer questions that people in your market have, you know? So I was, I was trying to sell this concept to older business partners, um, as well as talking to my father-in-law about it, who's a very successful businessman and smart guy. Okay. Um, you virtually create relationships. So back, call it 10 years ago, mm -hmm. if we were both 30, and you know we were meeting each other. It was either on the soccer field because our kids were playing, or we were meeting at Jenks or wherever it may be. Yeah, we just ran into ran into each other. Nowadays, it's like a lot of people don't really want to hang with you face to face. Not that that doesn't <laughs> happen, but they want to get to know you virtually mm -hmm. first. It's like the vetting process. And when I explain that to older people, they really don't get that. But right. it couldn't be more true. 
people want to get to know you and if you're putting video up and they're getting to know your personality they're right. getting to know how you think and feel you know there's i don't know how many hours now of footage of me yeah. you pretty much know where i stand on many things yes right exactly. there's no hiding from it right you could be a great bullshit artist but over time there's patterns in people and people who are intelligent recognize that and I couldn't agree more that you need to get on video. I don't give a shit how uncomfortable you may be. Get on video, especially if you're the face of your business or you want to be the right. face of your business. And just put yourself out there. No matter how uncomfortable it is, you will get better at it. Because the longer you're not, the more of a market share that your competition is grabbing from you. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And think about it this way. Like, you're a small business owner. Anyone that's like, um... I'm uncomfortable, everyone's uncomfortable getting on video, right? So just by getting over that hurdle, you're gonna, you're gonna stand out and you're gonna, you're gonna make a difference. Yeah, we all critique ourselves, right? Like, oh, oh I should have yeah. said that, or I'm not the best, uh, you know, wordsmith. I don't, yeah. I don't have the, the largest vocabulary and I don't claim to be, but right. over time you're like, hey, this is who I am and I'm gonna relate to the people who relate to me. Right. And that's the biggest thing that I think people need to realize in the social media game, and I'm sure you can elaborate on this further. You don't need to capture everybody. Oh, yeah. There's 400 million people almost in America alone. Right. Not to mention, we have the ability to run ads globally. Right. Right? Especially if you have an online product and you're in the totally. e-com space, you could sell your coaching or coaching you know, videos anywhere around the world. Yeah. So don't be afraid. You know, the 1% or the half percent or the quarter percent of 400 million is a lot of people that are going to think like you that you don't think is out there. There's only so many personality types. Yeah. Right? And there's people who have walked your path, who have similar businesses, who've been through similar experiences. And if you're two steps ahead of them, they want to try to shorten their learning curve. 100%. Yeah. I mean, we're on, uh, we had a group call today, an intro call with uh, three of our new clients. We're on Zoom. It was two of us, Benny, who's on our team, and three clients. And we had a two-hour call, and it was business coaching. And at the end, I'm like, I am so proud to have you guys as clients because, like, our value alignment is, like, it's, it's awesome. You know, good, good guys, good values. You know, they, they're doing it for the right reasons, not for the money. Like, that's, that's what it's all about, you know? What do they do? We don't, what's that? What do they do? Let's They're all contracting company owners, all roofing company owners. Roofing. One in Portland, Oregon, one in Indianapolis, and one in uh, North Jersey, Kearney. Is, is roofing a big thing that you target? That's 90% of our business right now. Why roofing? That guy, Nick, I mentioned before from, Just from blew Point, it up. he uh, introduced me to a bunch of his uh, buddies in the roofing industry. He's a roofing company owner. I ended up getting on stage at a few conferences, working with one of the bigger associations in the roofing industry, and it just kind of grew from there. It's a gigantic industry. It's crazy. So talk about that. Yeah. Uh, Chris talked about that a little bit with getting out there. Yeah. Back to the old school. You still are going to conferences. Yeah. Right? You're still going to these industry you yeah. know, thought leader conferences, right. you know, whatever you want to call them. Talk about the importance of that if you're a guy working in a space that is, you know, nationally. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, like we have clients all over the country, which is awesome. It's it's fun. It's exciting. Um, we do a lot of stuff. All of our training is on Zoom. Uh, you know, we're on social media every day, that sort of thing. Uh, but it's 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 so imperative to get out there and you know, face to face, breaking bread, having drinks, coffee, whatever it is, with our market because that's how people really get, that's how you build relationships with, right? I so, gotta go off. What's that? I gotta go off, I like rants. Go. These fucking people nowadays, <laughs> especially the younger people. And keyboard Gen, warriors? Yeah, keyboard yeah. warriors, Gen Z, and I'm sure that, you know, Tim Kennedy actually put a post today about Gen Z, a firefighter, jumping out a second story window and saving people. And, and every generation is different, and the generation before is gonna pick on the new generation. But yeah. There is still human interaction that needs to happen. My wife alone, I love her to death. She'd rather argue with a you know an email like bot than pick up the phone and just solve the problem. I tell yeah. her all the time, you have phone reluctance, babe. Like you have to get out in front of people. I see young people in the coffee shops, in restaurants, and just you know retail right. shops. They have no ability to talk to me, and I like to talk. Obviously, you know I got a podcast. Yeah, you need to figure out yeah. how to become comfortable yeah. with getting out there in those settings. Right. And 
it's not going to be hiding behind a keyboard. Right now, we had this this pandemic, and all these things kind of changed the dynamics of the workforce. Right, mm-hmm. most places will probably go back to a hybrid model, but you need to learn how to communicate real communication. This, right. like you and I are doing 100%. now, face to face, over. In my and 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 I love social media. That's why I'm doing this. Yeah, but I think it is just as important or more important because eventually. You and I could talk virtually, and we have. Yeah. We've talked on the phone. Right. But doing this is going to lock the deal. Dude, right? totally. I'll tell you a story about that. So last so last week, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. This guy knew I was going to be there for this other event. He, he's been a prospective client of our company for probably two years. Has never pulled the trigger, right? And that's fine, whatever. We're playing a long game. This guy, his name is Chris. He's like, I want to pick you up from the airport, take you out for lunch. I'd love to meet you. Like, all right, Southern hospitality. This is great, right? Have lunch with Chris. He wants to look you in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, seriously. Totally. Yeah, he wants to feel good, you out. dude. Good dude. Before that, he was a guy in our CRM, Chris Chris Merritt, in our yeah. CRM, prospective He's client. For later. Why isn't he committing? What the heck? What's his deal? You know, close him up. Let's go, guys. And then I met with him for lunch. I'm like, yeah, I understand why he hasn't become a client. He just doesn't have the bandwidth, the time right now. It's not a money thing. We had a good lunch. He refers me to one of he refers one of his good friends to us, uh, another contractor in Charlotte, who became a client, a twelve month client yesterday. I mean, I didn't plan that. I didn't pitch him. I didn't ask him for referrals. Like we just had lunch. We're talking about life, business, family, the whole thing. Because think about how many bullshitters are online. That's the thing, and that's why like I could sit in my home office and run Facebook ads all day, and we could do okay. But like, I get on the road once or twice a month, and it's huge. We're going like I'm going to Florida next week. We are doing content. Like getting that content is another thing about like interacting with your market. It's so key. Well, think about cell phones, right? When cell phone was created, you had a lot of guy. I wasn't around really in the sense of business back then. I was probably seventh, eighth grade when they became real popular. But think about the guys who resisted that. Yeah, they quickly realized that the guys who embraced it became more successful, but that didn't eliminate the, the face-to-face meeting. Right. Same thing with social media; it doesn't totally. eliminate the face-to-face meeting. And where I yeah. think I am best, where I show my true, genuine colors, is in in front of somebody. Right. And as much as you know, I want to be home with my family, and I want to have the most freedom I can in my day, and I could sit on social media, I could run these podcasts all day long where I have realized for Fireside as well as my business, it is most impactful is when I can get in front of somebody. Yeah. And we can end this rant, but you know, <laughs> you're, you're a young person out there. Stop being fucking scared. Get out there, yeah. meet people. Hit me up, you're at, a certain, you're at 250 of income and above. Reach out to us, let's get you to our mastermind event. Meet great dudes like Joe and everybody else that's in our ecosystem. Uh, moving along, you know, nine employees, we talked about that earlier. Nine uh, team members, not all full-time employees, but some contractors. Some, some resources. Yeah, team members. So yeah. talk about somebody who's leading that, right? And, and you're doing some of that virtually. Who's leading that? You. You're yeah. leading it, right? Oh, yeah. You know, what, what, are, what are some of the tips or nuggets that you would give to somebody that maybe doesn't have that traditional office space where you have those nine people in-house and you're using... Upwork, or you're using someone, you know, in North Jersey or New York City or the West Coast, wherever they may be housed. Yeah. But they're not in your office. Talk about how you bring that all together and make sure everybody's still working as a team for the success of your customer. Right. And that's what it's all about, right? You have to have that that vision, the common mission, the core values, communication. Uh, is is you have to over communicate. You have to go out of your way. So we're nine people. We're spread out throughout country and we have a couple people overseas as well um over communication right because you're not all in the same room you're not seeing the body language you're talking on slack you're talking on zoom um so communication is key everyone everything rises and falls on leadership i'm a john maxwell fan mm-hmm. if you're familiar with him but like everything rises and falls on leadership so that's something i never really consider myself like a leader right you see like other people maybe with white hair or like leaders but like you need to be a leader whether Mm -hmm. it's one person whether you have you know contracts labor overseas or whatever it might be like they're looking to you to lead them they want to see that 
you know where you're going and you have that common vision, you're sharing that, you have core values and you're operating by them. Um, those are key. Like we have team meetings, every, every full team meeting, we go over our core values. You know, we, we call people out who have represented those core values uh, well, who have helped our and clients And those team win. meetings, are they monthly? Are they weekly? Every two weeks, we have a, we have, well, we have a few, but every two weeks we have a full team meeting. Um, every two weeks we have a training team meeting. We have a sales team meeting every week. We have a, uh, level 10 uh, meeting every week. So we're not, I don't want to have meetings for the sake of meetings. No one wants that. Everything has an agenda. Everything has a time frame. We're not just getting in the room and like sitting there. It's very laid out. It's, it's very laid out. There's an agenda. There's a stop time. So you really are, and we were just talking about in person what you're doing, but you really are a virtual business. We are. And that, that, that can be difficult because you're not having this yeah. human element of like, you're fucking up, dude. Like, this was supposed to be done a week ago. What yeah. are you doing? There's definitely challenges to it, for sure. It, there are. Yeah. Talk about how you get over those hurdles. I know we talked about communication, but how do you have that conversation with someone who may be in the Philippines that's falling behind on, you know, the content that you need or whatever the case may be? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's communication. Um, and for me, I am... I'm a nice guy, right? So I'm I'm not always direct. I'm not. It's not always natural for me to be direct. But with a virtual situation, you need <laughs> you need to be direct, right? So like one of our calls, I think it was yesterday. One of our client Zoom calls, where we had like 15 people on, uh, was not being recorded, right? And we record all our calls. So we can send them out to the clients who weren't there and that sort of thing. And instead of being Mr. Nice Guy, I just wrote in our Slack group like this. Every call has to be recorded. We missed a really good soundbite from one of our clients that could have been a really good testimonial for us, by the way, but um, but just have to be direct about that. Communicate expectations, and uh, and you can't tolerate you know things that you don't want, right? If you just if you start allowing things, allowing people to slip or show up late, and you tolerate that, then that becomes a new norm where it's like, oh, I can show up three or four minutes late. Joe's not going to mind. You right? just teed me up so good, man. Now I try to like, and I try because it's still not natural for me, but I have to say like Dan, who comes late to our calls, Dan, bro, we started like three minutes ago. And when that person shows up late, like I don't acknowledge them because I don't want to, we already have energy going for that meeting. I'm not going to pause and give energy to the guy who showed up late. That's not fair to everyone else. Correct. So they have to catch up. So I think one of my best attributes and it's been misunderstood, mistaken over the time, is calling people out and telling them what they don't want to hear about themselves. Yeah. And I ask for that feedback on myself. Right. And I still sometimes don't fix it. I still sometimes have my own issues with certain people. Like some people may call me out and be like, okay, I don't respect you, I don't care what you're saying, but the people I respect, it, it cuts me to the core and I want to improve. Right. And I welcome that constructive criticism. But I am a huge advocate on being direct. Yeah. Like there's no reason for you and I to have this type of business relationship if we're not trying to get to where we want to go. Right. And if I can't tell you that you're fucking up, then we're wasting everybody's time. Yep. The customers, yours and I's. So I want to talk a little bit about the person who may be overseas who has a language barrier. Okay. Right? So everybody, the, the hot topic, the hot word is, you know, Resource, resource, resource. So you're grabbing off of Upwork or other platforms that allow you to grab an, uh, an editor mm-hmm. or a, an accountant or whatever it may be. How are you communicating with that person? And what would you tell the small guy that's using those more affordable routes? Yeah, so we had this situation today on one of our group calls. Uh, one of our clients, it was a roofing company in Ohio. Her name is Martina. And she's like, yeah, we're hiring a VA to handle some office admin. And I think people like that assume that you're going to hire a VA and it's plug and play. It's just like, all right, you start on Monday, let's go. Like, no, it's just like anyone else. You have to indoctrinate them into your processes, your culture, how you do things, plus the language barrier, plus the cultural barrier. So some people like in the Philippines, for example, like they're very, um, you know, they're very coy, they're very shy about bringing things up, right? So you kind of have to extract things from them that they might be too shy to That's figure out. because they're all Christians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're loving. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, again, communication. Like, you have to be very clear on the expectations 
and you have to take extreme ownership, which is one of our core values, right? So if I delegate some, something to you and you're overseas. You read the Jocko you, book, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. And you screw it up, I'm not gonna say, man, you screwed that up. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go back and look at my instructions and say, how could I have been more clear in my instructions? And that has helped me tremendously. How are you note-taking all this, right? I, I hear you talk and you're dealing with these people overseas and a lot of it's online, like, you know, just a stupid thing. And this is my ADD jumping around. <laughs> How are you note-taking this? Do you use a certain device? Is it in your cell phone? Do you have a, an old school pad? How are you like doing communication all this? back and forth virtually? Between, like, let's just say you're on with Martina, you're on with John Smith, you're on with Mike Smith. Yeah. You're then getting off with Mike Smith and Martina and you're communicating back to the Philippines. What are you using to keep yourself organized? Uh, CRM's tools. Uh, we use Pipedrive as our sales and, and fulfillment CRM. We use uh, Trello for like a project management CRM. We use Slack for just kind of one-off communication. Talk about those systems. How important are those to your company and your customers? Huge. I mean, things are documented. They, everything's in the calendar. Um, you know, if, if meetings aren't in the calendar, they're just not going to happen. People aren't going to show up. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're huge for us because, so Elizabeth is my right hand girl. She runs our training department. She's our head client success director. So she has, you know, five calls a day with clients, right? Today we probably had 10 calls, sales calls, training calls, two group calls, all that stuff. All those notes are documented in our CRM. So I can go home tonight if I want or tomorrow and just look up like, you know, How's Ryan doing? How's John doing? You How's print Frank? an overall dashboard report. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Now, those those systems you talk about, did you work with the company? Because I have a couple different CRMs in my business, and I was able to customize some other stuff. I have a lot of compliance. I got to utilize their stuff right. that they built. But do you have a lot of customization to it? Because what you're talking about as a training company in the, the you know, called digital space, Yeah. you know, the guy who's running a coffee shop is obviously a very different business. Mm -hmm. Or the guy selling t-shirts online or the guy selling video content. You know, those systems that you have, do they have a lot of customization to them? We don't, we're about to jump into that. It's one of our big priorities for Q3. So we have kind of a- kind of Talk a about why. So, cause we have a Frankenstein system where we, as we've grown, we have Pipedrive, we have Active Campaign, we have Slack, we have Trello. They're we not have communicating with each other. A couple other things that I don't even remember right now. And it's like, and I only, I realize it the most when you bring on a new team member and I'm like, oh yeah, for this thing you go over here and for that thing you go over here and then you have to like do this thing. Onboarding. Totally. And so uh, one of our rocks for Q3. Deals is great, right inside Active Campaign. What's that? Deals. Yeah. The CRM literally inside Active Campaign is. Yeah. Those are cool. See, we don't even use that. So we use Pipedrive for deals. We're gonna probably go to go high level, which is for uh, digital agencies, mm -hmm. like to have everything under, under we have one another umbrella. thing called Chirp, which is just for SMS. So like everything under one roof. And for that, we're gonna hire a consultant to help us build that out, customize it. So everything's just- Yeah, the communication all in one right. centric place is, is so important. But as you're starting out, you know, your coffee shop, your landscaper, you're an insurance agent, whatever it is, like, there are industry-specific CRMs that I would highly recommend, right? All day. You're not gonna build something custom out of the gate. You do that five or 10 years down the road when you figure out what you need. Yeah. Uh, but you know, take something out of the box that's gonna get you started, right? There's a young guy, Trevor, that we love. He was on the show, Trevor West. I don't know if you saw his podcast. No. He's a great kid and he's just a listener. Like, you say something to him and he listens. And it's, it's I, I, myself, Evan, I don't think anybody takes credit for his success, but I said to him the other day, I'm like, you get up every day and you work hard, but you don't know what your day is. Like Keller Williams has a whole system that they have paid at some level to implement into all their offices. Why aren't you using that? Like, so here's an hugger for small business owners, like get organized. Yeah. You know, my day is laid out because especially, again, I hate to like tap on it all the time, but like my ADD will, will steer me off path. I'll get yeah. stuck at the coffee shop talking for two hours about, <laughs> you know, conspiracies. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Ryan gets up, gym at 6.30, reading a book at 8.30, breakfast, hang with Colton, wife time, you know, this meeting, this meeting, this, like my whole day is laid out and that is all coordinated with my team. You know, everything that I do 
everybody knows what's going on. And then we have the ability with Teams, Zoom, and everything else yep. to communicate any way that we need to. But as a small business owner, do not sleep on that because you get up and you don't know what your day is. Like, it's a waste of time. Yeah. I, I'm the same exact way. Everything, everything, I live in my calendar, right? So if you call me and it's not a scheduled call, no offense, I'm not going to answer it because I'm doing some, something else, you know? It's, and most, comp- most people don't operate like that. Like, we actually talked about that today. Big Maddie. Get a refill. What's up? A refill, a little refill. Oh. Tiny bit. Um, yeah, we actually went over that today in one of, actually I did a Facebook Live for one of our groups and I talked about how to get out of your own way and one of the things was like operating in your calendar, um, which is something that most people don't do. I think a lot of people think that, and, and I was one of them, I think that you think that, oh, oh my God, it's so stressful, I gotta look to my calendar. It is the exact opposite for me. Discipline equals freedom. Yeah, dude, it is like, when I know what I have to do the next day, and I know that, I'm, I'm usually an early riser the last two days because of my, my screaming children, <laughs> I was up at four, but most times, latest, I'm up 5.30. And I read a little bit, something I enjoy for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I just read uh, Scars and Stripes, Tim Kennedy. Everybody needs to read that book. Great life lessons, whether you like military guys or not. Great life lessons. Awesome. And then I roll into, you know, have a little espresso or a coffee, get to the gym where I work out in my garage, get my, my body going, my mind going, and then boom, it's breakfast, this, that. And and those days go so much smoother oh, yeah. versus the day where I'm like, I know I got a couple of appointments, but what am I doing in this gap of two hours or what am I doing here? Those days seem so much busier yeah. when I actually have less to do. Yeah. It, it, and it's crazy, you know? So anybody not following a calendar and making the calendar dictate your day, you're, you're missing out. Live in your calendar, not in your inbox, because there's always going to be distractions, right? So I want to talk about you as a father and a business owner. This cool. is something I've brought up with a ton of, of different business owners. Talk about the work-life balance. I did a post today. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you didn't. I did not. Yeah, it was about, you know, working hard towards your goals as a family unit and balancing still having fun with your family while you're achieving that or trying to obtain that. Mm -hmm. Talk about how you do that with Alyssa and your children. Yeah, so I mean, I live by my calendar. I'm pretty compartmentalized, right? So I don't don't work like crazy amount of hours. I'm usually like a nine to six type of guy. Uh, but I can be flexible and, you know, jump out to go to baseball games or whatever if need be. But I, when, I'm, when I'm working, I'm focused. And my wife will tell you that. Like, working at home, like... You're I come, in it. I, I go into the kitchen to get some water or coffee. She tries to ask me a question. I'm like, yeah, take her head off. She I, get, I get it, dude. <laughs> I totally get it. And we love her wife. Trust me, my wife gets it. I don't it. give her a dirty look, but she can just... I'm out of eating! I'm out of eating! Like, uh, I'm writing an email in my head right now, pouring coffee. I'm you're thinking about that guy me. to get back to. Like, you're asking me about soccer practice? Like, what are you even talking about? No. She can probably see it on my face. So, yeah. like, I'm, I'm just... I'm locked in, right? And then when I'm done... I have a little end of the day, end of the workday routine that I do, kind of a little brain dump. What is it? What is it? Take us through that routine. Uh, I have a moleskin notebook, like a pen and paper notebook, and I'll just kind of brain dump things that I, I did not, um, oh, that I did not get done that day that I want to do tomorrow. I'll make sh- I'll look at my calendar for the next day. I'll make sure, you know, everything's mapped out. I know what I'm doing. I, I follow the Andy Frisella power list. So I do yeah, five power huge. lists. Five powerless tasks every Talk day. Talk about that. People that don't know what that is. All right. So Andy Frisella, one of my, you know, the, the guys that I follow the most, I guess, on social media. Great podcast, too. Uh, podcast, 75 Hard, the whole thing. Um, so he has the power list, which is five things that you do every day. You, ideally, you plan them the night before. So tonight's Thursday. So Friday, I'm going to plan five things that I'm going to do that are going to move the ball forward in my life, my business, my fitness, whatever it is. And they can be small. They don't have to be huge. Totally. Get back to this guy. Call this guy. Set this mm-hmm. appointment, whatever. Um and I know that when I accomplish those five things, I win the day. I'm right? matriculating the ball down the field. I, I win the day, right? Whatever else happens, if I get those five things done, like I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing a good job, right? Um, Prioritize. So, so I do those five. I'm actually in a little bit of a, a, a messenger group with that. There's about ten of us in there, so we submit our power list every day to one another. Accountability. And if we miss one day, we get kicked out of the group. That's that's awesome. So it's a thousand dollar buy-in. Um, everyone gets in the group. And then you miss one day, you're out. And then at the end of the year... How do they make sure you did it? 
I mean, it's honor system. Yeah, yeah honor but system. if you don't post it by the end of the day, you're out of the group. By the end of the year, you know, it's last man standing, or if you're, you know, there's a few of you, then we'll see what happens. Is there winnings? Yeah, I mean, there's probably 20 people that put in a thousand bucks, so. Now, what about those guys that, that end up doing business together? End up doing business together? Yeah, you guys are in this group, it's accountability. It's funny, there's not much, um, in that group, there's not much camaraderie. It's all just post five, your five things. I don't even know most of the people in that group, actually. Yeah, um, maybe you should try to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's a big thing. So the power list, uh, family time when I'm, when I'm, you know, with family, it's, as you know, it could be hard, but I try to be, you know, I'd be where my feet are, right? Very hard. I want to be present. I want to be, you know, kids are 10, seven, right? It goes fast as you'll yeah. see. I already saw my son's three and it. Yeah. But it goes fast and you're like, man, I like, they're not going to be this age forever. Like it's, uh, I just want to be as present as possible. I don't work weekends. I mean, I'll, I get up and do my morning routine on the weekends. I read, I write, uh, but beyond Business that. Business ownership gives you that flexibility. 100%, yeah. So, you know, talking about those power lists and, and Andy and, you know, everything that he's about, 75 hard. I lost that day 60. Um, to be very precise, I think it was like 57 or 58. I went to Vermont and I was just, I was done. My body was hurting. I'm going to do it this January. I'm going to complete the whole 75 hard. But there's a lot that comes from that because I think a lot of us are set in a certain way in our minds that we are limited. We are limited Mm -hmm. in our physical abilities, our, you know, intellectual abilities, our abilities in general. And 75 hard is literally built on that's fucking bullshit. (laughs) expand your, capa- your your capacity in all sides of things. Talk about 75 hard and what it means to you. And you've done it a couple times now. Yeah, the biggest thing is uh, it gives you the confidence. When you win 75 days in a row, like you get this level of confidence that, that you've never had before. Talk about winning, so the people don't know it. You, you, you're winning, you gotta do two workouts. Two, yeah. You two gotta four- read 10 pages, you gotta drink your water, you gotta stay on some type of strict diet. That's a win every single day. Almost like somebody who, you know, I'm just defaulting this, but somebody who's trying to recover from alcohol, right? You know, it's one day at a time, one step at a time. You're doing something that's a lot of work on top of being a dad, being a husband, running a business. And I think that's what trips people up a lot who have heard of 75 Hard or some other kind of like program uh, that they're like, oh, I'm, I, I'm too busy. Like, I, that, it's good for, it's easy for that guy, right? But I'm yeah. too busy. I got a lot going on. The thing about it, and I just did a video about this on my podcast. Is like, it actually create helps you create more time, which yeah, is so day. counterintuitive. All day, because you're like two 45 minute workouts a day plus this other stuff. Like, I don't have time for that. But then once you do it, it gets you hyper focused on your on your calendar once again. Yep. And you're saying no to things that don't fit. Yep. And all of a sudden you're like, what was I doing with all this time before? Like I'm yeah. so dialed in mentally right now. Yep. Um, I was taking a shit for too long. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's crazy. It this morning so, actually. It's so wild. So I'm done now. I finished last week. This morning, I was just like. That beer tastes good, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was screwing around in my like morning routine. I do my thing and I'm like lollygag and I'm reading extra. And I, I was like delayed on my workout. I was like, last week, I never would have done this. But I mean. Yeah. Maybe I'm, you know, taking a little liberty this week, just kind of chilling a little bit. You but, deserve uh, it, dude. Yeah. You deserve but it. But it, it, when you prove to yourself that you do something, like you're you're checking that box. If you have the app, you're, you know, fulfilling that app every day. You're getting that dopamine. And app will tell you you're a pussy real quick. <laughs> you do not Yeah, where you've done it, you check that box, you get that dopamine hit. You're like, all right. And you just focus literally on one day. I've had... You know, family members, friends going, you know, recovery, AA, it's like, it is. It's one day, one at, day a time. at a time. It really is. One day at a time. Would you ever do the live hard? I don't know if I would. I'm I enjoy the, bourbon too much. I'm on the fence. Don't tell my wife I'm on the fence. Uh, no, I think I might, I think I'm, I think I should do it this year. Your wife probably hates that. Yeah. I know my wife was like, you're not having any fun. You are way yeah. too serious. And I was, I was very serious in it. I was very uh, you know, call it uptight, you know, I didn't have any outlets. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing was like the second workout is tough because it's night, like kids are doing sports and thing, things like that. So what I started doing the past month or so, 
I did back-to-back workouts in the morning. You're not allowed to do that, though. Yeah, they're separate workouts. I don't think you're allowed to do that. Yeah, you're, I don't think you're allowed to do Uh-oh. that. Oh, yeah, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to go. You know, no, 90. I didn't go 90, but I would do 45. I'd take a break. I'd get some water, coffee, change my shirt, you're whatever. Not allowed to do that. Come Andy on. would be upset. You're killing with you. me. Uh, you're not allowed to do that, dude. What's what? How much time? The do you The whole need? point of it is that you need to three hours. Yeah, is that yeah. in the book? Yeah, that's in the book. All right, then I did not do. You 70, did not complete. I did not do seventy five hard. All right, Andy, he didn't complete it, bro. Right on. This is accountability right here. <laughs> this is accountability. So I, I, so I had never read the book because that crushed me too. Because I would be like, well, I'm up at four forty five. Right. I'll go walk. I'll go walk Bayhead. Even in the right. middle of winter, I was like, I like snow. This is cool. I'll go to the gym after. Like, no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. So I uh, I asked a friend about that, my friend Mark, about that. And he's like, yeah, as long as they're two separate workouts, like Mark you do your thing. That uh, is but, not what Andy said. But hey, to follow my own core value, I did not take ownership. I did not do my own research. Mm-hmm. I asked a friend. So, yeah, I that mean, is yeah, a, the past three weeks, that's what I did. Well, think about time management again, yeah. which makes sense. Because Andy's like, well, yeah, of course we could do 90 minutes. Because realistically, that is much easier i just do it all at once i book the rest of my day right you know accordingly yeah but yeah you're, you're supposed to have a three-hour window in between man yeah killing me man <laughs> i regret coming be, here tonight your wife's gonna hate us <laughs> it's all over Alyssa, i'm sorry but i honestly I'm didn't sorry. i didn't i didn't know that um yeah but still to do 75 days of, of that type of workout, that type of mentality, is a win in itself. And everybody yeah. who you know trash talked me and my friends that I didn't complete the full 75, I was proud of myself. By no means does alcohol control me, but we're, we're, we live at the shore. Like, I couldn't think about a period that I went a full 45 days without at least a couple alcoholic drinks throughout you know that the, that time frame like I just it didn't exist in my mm-hmm. world so I was proud of that alone the workouts the reading you know I'm not the best reader of a book I'm a big audiobooks I could be driving the truck cutting the lawn running right. and I literally retain it through through audio right reading my reading comprehension isn't great so you know reading 10 pages a day was actually hard for me, but I started to enjoy it. Cool. So just just doing what you did was- It challenges your assumptions, right? You think yes. you're not a reader, you think you can't go 75 without drinking, but like it challenges your assumptions that you have yes. for yourself and, and you, you realize you're capable of much more. 100%. And you'll be capable of splitting those workups, workouts up. Dude, I, <laughs> this is killing me right now, man. <laughs> so I wanna jump into the end of this. We were, we've been rolling and I hope you've had fun. I want to talk about a couple other business owners. We like to give business owners a shout out, especially local business owners. I know you love your girls and guys from around the country who you help and, and obviously they, they help pay your bills. But I want to talk about local people. This yeah. is about the local people. Give me two business owners you want to give a shout out to. Well, I mean, in any like, and this might tie into what we'll talk about next as far as advice for you know younger people starting out. You can't do it alone, right? You've got to have your your board of advisors, you know, those people that you you go to that to make those tough decisions or to, to work through those hard times. The first three years of my business, like I, I tried to figure it out on my own. And I struggled. I got a business coach and, and that kind of helped and I still have business coaches today. But two local guys, you're wearing his hat right now. Um, Manzo Brothers, good Dave guys. Dave and Mike, more, I'm, I'm closer with Dave than Mike, but um, really I consider a peer mentor. And I would call Dave up and I'd be like, hey man, I'm going through this like challenging time. This is going on, like what do I do? Like those guys have been in business since 2001, right? Yeah, a long time. So like double the time I have. And so Dave would be like, come over now, I'll get coffee, we'll sit on the back patio, we'll talk about it, like like, like, like that. Like He's coach. Awesome. Hey coach, coach totally. I call him coach. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> so like I value that tremendously, he's an awesome guy. They're good guys, Atlantic PT. And again, I'm Shout rocking out, out yeah. today. That was not, Anything that we rehearsed. No, no. At all. I mean, I mean, they that are was good, good dudes. We actually put him right in our our whole new intro video. We put him, made sure that Dave and Mike are front and center. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, um, yeah, great guys. I mean, Dave has helped me out like with some lo- entrepreneurship can be lonely, right? So it's like, hey, like I would go to him thinking that I have this you know problem that no one else has ever had, and he'd be like, oh yeah, we went through that you know a few years ago. Here's what you do. Um, so that's huge, and then. 
my brother-in-law, Justin Bennett, who I mentioned before, Bennett Financial. And Another Cross, advisor, right? In a uh, little silver. Uh, yeah. Uh, my Tell sister's. Tell me you got to get on the podcast. Yeah. We got to talk to him. He would love him. to, yeah. Um, he's probably worried about compliance, though. He's a little buttoned up, you said. Yeah. No, no. He, he's good. Uh, <laughs> he's a uh, amazing uh, business owner. He's been doing it for a while as well. So, like, I've had some, you know, difficult decisions to make in business over the years. And he's one of the phone calls I make. And he's very... Uh, level-headed and, and very, um, you know, able to give advice. And You know what's crazy about advisors that I don't think most people realize is that you end up dealing with a lot of business owners and yeah. you are in their problems with them. Right. So let's just say I'm managing, you know, two million bucks for them and we've gone over, you know, debt reduction paydowns or we've gone over, you know, taxes with their accountant. Like I am their quarterback to right. everything that they're doing. You learn a lot about a lot of businesses, yeah. just indirectly. It just right. kind of gets packed in your, your your subconscious. So to have someone like your brother-in-law, Justin, yeah. to bounce that off of is huge. And anybody out there, don't sleep on advisors. I don't want compliance to get mad at me. These, these people have really seen a lot, whether it's their business or not. They understand a lot of systems. They understand mm -hmm. a lot of problems. And you know, go to these people. Don't be shy about it. They're not just stuck in one you know, micro lens. Right, and they'll, and you, as an entrepreneur, business owner, you get very emotional about your own issues and having people that can be unemotional and give you that kind of like objective advice from 30,000 foot is really... And you got to trust them too. 100%. Yeah. That's why it's yeah, your, your board of advisors. Yeah. Yeah. You got to trust them. You know, what's one tip that you would give to the guy not going into business with his family or starting out? What's the one thing you would say to him? Or I mean, her. I like I said, like the first few years, I thought I had to figure out everything on my own, and like it was tough, you know, it struggled. And then I realized, like, hey, I can I can engage and build relationships with people like you that we're all going through the same things. Might have different businesses, but like the same, you know, family, business, emotions, you know, stress, like winning, like how to handle success, like that sort of thing. There's, you know, we're all going through the same stuff. So like get around people that are going through that journey with you. Yeah, drop your ego. Drop the ego, you know, get a, you know, coach or get in a mastermind. Like I'm in a few right now. Like it's just, it's always something I'll always do, you know? We launched coaching and it, we, we did a group concept and it filled up quick and I was like, wow, these people need a lot of help and I'm gonna continue to help those people, but I shut it down. But you know, anybody who's in my space, you know, we have coaching. Yeah. It's going to cost you 2500 bucks a month now, not 50 but you need to get around people who have the ability to... This is the biggest thing about coaching that I learned, is them sucking you up to their resources yeah. that you don't know exist. Yeah. That is the biggest value add. That's a good point. It, is, good point. it doesn't even matter like if Ryan's great at this or that. It's where's Ryan getting those resources? Where did I get them? It's from plugging away for 17 years. Yeah, That's where exactly. I got them. Right. And why am I just going to give them to you for free? Absolutely. So don't ever worry about so much of like, do I think this guy understands my world? Do I think this girl understands my world? You want their resources and their ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So wrapping up, dude, I know it's late. It's summertime. You know, it doesn't get dark till late. So we got to kick it <laughs> off at 9, 9, 10. Um, I appreciate your time. You have an awesome business. Sounds like you have an awesome wife and family. And I love, you know, connected with new business owners. So cheers. Thanks for coming to the pit. Cheers, yeah. And it's been fun. Thank yeah, you so much. You make, it, you make it easy. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Yeah.